From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another Silver Dollar episode of Stay Paid, the best sales and marketing tips of your week in 15 minutes or less. My name is Joshua Stike. And I am Luke Akery. <laughs> Hi, Luke Akery. Hi. <laughs> Luke, after a year and a half of virtual-only conferences, in-person events are back. This means for us marketers, conferences and trade shows are added back into our lead generation and sales Thank channel. God. Yes. So today we're going to go over how to successfully sell your services and close more deals at conferences. We're going to break this down sort of into three parts. We're going to talk a little bit about the pre-conference planning and what you need to do before your conference, what you need to do at the actual conference, and then what you can do post-conference. And one of the reasons we're talking about this now, obviously, is because conferences are back. We had about a year. I was actually going back and looking at our conference list from last year, yeah, and we had about 40 plus conferences scheduled, 40 to 50 conferences scheduled. And I got up through February and then in our spreadsheet, it was just, it just canceled, died. canceled, yeah. canceled. canceled. Like, and oh. virtual conferences are not so that, the same. That was a year. Yeah. That was March, February yeah. of 2020. We haven't done a conference. It's definitely since. virtual conferences. Definitely for even vendors are way worse. I think yeah, for people, I, I prefer going to in person conferences. I can focus better. I know it saves you time being able to just learn virtually, but I feel it's kind of like watching a YouTube video. Yeah. But when you're in person, you get the energy, you get a network, you get to go out to for drinks afterwards, dinner, and then virtual conferences, trying to close people virtually is virtually impossible. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. But uh, closing in person, you can. It's so much better. You get face to face. There's more trust. There, there's more relationship building. And so. you just came off of the other reason. You just came off of this high of an incredible conference. Incredible. Um, wh- where was that one? Um, it was in Dallas, Dallas. Texas. Okay, eight so percent nation. Where this was a new industry for us to kind of break into. You know, we wanted to go to the conference to test it out. We have this is insurance. We've yeah. worked with lots of insurance agents, but we've never been to an insurance conference and yep. tried that angle. How many deals did you guys end up with? So technically, we closed. 103, but I don't count them because some came back with bad credit cards. And so I think we're at like 90 something right now. And Andrew's still trying to get the expiration dates on some (laughs) and security codes on others. Well, and the reason why we bring that up is because um, obviously we're excited about it. We're excited to have those uh, folks join Reminder Media. Yeah, if you're listening to this, comment on the YouTube videos. Absolutely. But also to kind of set the mentality of, you know, deciding why you're going to a conference. We go to conferences to sell. Yes. We go to conference to to uh, acquire new clients. Um, some people may go to conference for brand building. Some people yep. may go for lead generation. It depends on your sales cycle. We have a very high velocity, yep. low you know ticket item sales process. Yep. So that's what works for us at conferences. That's how we kind of track our success. So that's sort of something we'll get into a little bit as we talk about setting goals. Um, but the first thing that you want to look at is your pre-conference planning, Yep. right? And what you're actually uh, obviously choosing the conferences that make sense for you, but you definitely want to plan out your experience. What I mean by that is the the experience that people are going to have to your booth. We talked a little bit about this in preparation for the show in terms of what swag are you bringing? Yeah. What are you going to actually bring to attract people? Swag actually matters. You wouldn't think that the swag matters because we think started people... conferences rolling our eyes at swag. Yeah. Be like, Do we really have to? Oh, take I can't believe I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on sunglasses with bottle openers on them. But 
it pays. Like it, it does because it's a conversation starter. One is conversation starter, but two is like people come around, they get the swag for their kids that were left at home, right? They do a bunch of that stuff. It gives you the opportunity to actually talk to them. I love the, I love the sunglasses with the bottle opener because it shows a little bit of our personality because we can kind of make the joke <laughs> about, Hey, you know, and we've, we we've, are a good time, ladies and gentlemen, we started, we start we do everything intentionally. This is, this is a point to kind of point out to everyone as you're thinking through it. Like when we would go to sunny areas, like we do Las Vegas, we do California. That's when the sunglasses came into play. Yep. That's also when the chapstick came into yep. play. Uh, we uh, offer chapsticks with like, okay, you're, you're out in the desert. You're in Las Vegas. It's going to be sunny. Your lips are going to get chapped. Let's take things that are actually useful for people. If we do financial conferences, we'll tend to do golf balls. We'll yep. tend to do uh, uh, golf towels, yep. you know, so we'll tailor the swag that we take to the place that we're yep. going. Um, it's, funny with the glasses, right? They are made in China. <laughs> and somebody came up to me at one of the conferences was like, Hey, your sunglasses aren't great. I tried opening up a beer bottle with them and it snapped the thing. I said, well, did you get it open? They're like, yeah, I got it open. I said, well, <laughs> I started handing them out going, Hey guys, this is good for two beers, <laughs> two, beer. two beers made in China. No, but the point of swag is like, it needs to be fun. It needs to be a conversation starter, something you can use uh, to pull people even over to your table, right? To, to engage conversation that then will build rapport to lead you to what you ultimately want to do, which is pitch. Yeah. You had mentioned, right, that some people, you got to decide when you're pre-planning what conference to go to, what are you going to bring? Why are you going? Are you going for brand? Are you going for lead generation? Are you going for sales? Everybody is ultimately going for for sales. Us specifically, we're literally trying to close at the booth. And I will tell you as we move into like what you do at the conference, the number one thing I see at these conferences is lazy booth people. And I apologize if you are one of the booth, I shouldn't even apologize. I don't apologize. <laughs> if you are at a conference and you are sitting on your butt, not out in front of your table, not pulling people in, you're nuts. Like if I was your leader, I'd lose my mind. Well, let's hold on that okay, for just okay. a second. We'll yeah. get more into that yeah. as we talk about what to do at the actual conference. Other things to look at pre-conference, you want to make sure that you're setting your goal. So obviously the reason you're going to a conference, the reason you're uh, um, marketing your business for any reason is to ultimately lead to sales, but make sure that you're setting your goals. What we actually do is we look at it from a, how much are we spending on this conference? How many signups do we need from this conference to pay for this conference? And then we break that down to how many signups do we need a, a day? How many deals do we yep. need today? How many leads do we then need to bring home with us in order to get the deals that we want? So just like you would reverse engineer your goals for anything else, you want to make sure you're going in with a specific plan because that drives your actions, which we're going to get to when we talk about the actual conference itself. Other things to do before your conference, reach out ahead of time. So yeah. let your current clients know that you're going to be there. Let them know what booth number uh, you're going to be at. This will bring them to your booth to say, hi, they're going to want to meet you. You're going to be talking to prospects at your booth and your yeah. current clients are going to walk up and talk about how much they love you or your services, which is a natural test testimonial for people that are coming to your booth from a prospect perspective. If you have a list of attendees, make sure you email them your booth number and tease your special offer. Go into your conference with a special offer. Uh, this will get people to come to your booth. The number of people that we have showing up at our booth saying, hey, I got your email. I wanted yep. to see what this was about. I wanted to see what your offer was. So that's something super important. I'll give one more before the pre-conference because I know you're going to want to dig into the conference pitch itself. Practice your pitch 
Make sure that you're visualizing, that you're role-playing what you're going to say at the conference, which will naturally get you in with a level of confidence, which once you then get to the conference and you start doing your pitch, that's where you're going to be kind of changing it and perfecting it on the fly. A big thing to look at, uh, Josh mentioned, but I really want to hammer home because it really helps us from a pitch perspective when we're there. If you have current clients that are going to be at that conference, try to reach out to them. Try to get them to come by the booth. Try to get a testimonial because what happens when you're at the conference, we will use those people's names, especially if it's a conference of like 300 people, 400 people. That's not actually a ton of people. So chances are they might run into that person. So like at 8% Nation, there was a, a lady there named Rebecca Davis, and she is a huge advocate of ours. And we were starting to just mention her name. Hey, do you know Rebecca Davis? And people are like, no. Oh, well, she's here. She's a big time agent here. She loves us. She wrote a book. We're part of the piece of her book. But using that builds so much trust and credibility which is what's needed in a fast-paced sale. So when you're on a conference uh, floor, the number one thing I would tell you about your pitch that I think people make the mistake of is normal sales process is you're building rapport, you're, you're doing discovery phases, you're building a relationship so you can give your value proposition and ultimately provide a solution. On a conference pitch, you do not have that luxury. They are walking down an exhibit hall. They're walking down an aisle. They know they're going to get pitched. They do not want to be stuck at your booth for five minutes. They want to hear, what is it that you do? How can you help me? Why should I care? Mm. You need to, and I was sharing this with Andrew, who's our VP of financial sales, because when we started pitching at 8% Nation, I noticed, and he's an unbelievable salesman, but I noticed he was starting to talk to people about, Report well, bill. what do you do with referrals okay. oh, and all this okay. stuff? And I said, Discovery. hey, I said, you can't educate them. This mm. is not the time for education. And that sounds crazy. This is the time to literally be like, <laughs> this is my product. This is why it helps. This is why you should care. And here's the special we're doing. And we're just asking you to try it. Mm. And what I find is when you break your pitch down to be so simplistic, where you're not overloading all the features that it is, you're literally going, here's the pain point. Here's our, here's our solution. Unique reason why you should use it. Here's what we're doing to incentivize action, people will buy. That takes time. You're not going to do that on your first conference. You might not get there on your second conference. It took us a few times to kind of get to the point. It's like, okay, and this actually, I'm going to go into this with post-conference, but make sure that you're actually reviewing what worked and what didn't work after the conference. Do that 2020, that post-mortem, whatever you call it, where you're looking back and saying, okay, what was I saying that actually caught people's attention, which really starts to refine that 30-second pitch. But let's get into what you started talking about, which is so true. If you go to a conference and you walk around and you look at people sitting at the booth, a lot of times it's not salespeople that are going to these booths. A lot of times it's the marketing team maybe that's going to the booth. Not our marketing team because Ariel, she goes to conferences and and she crushes it. I think the last conference you went to was Keller Williams. You got 36, right? I think it was 26, but 26. if you if you want to think <laughs> Okay, it's I'm inflating natural sales means, natural salesman to 36. <laughs> but she closed 26. She came as our videographer, marketer, and she closed 26 new accounts yeah. at a conference. And I guarantee you that was way more than probably any of the other booth people around because here's the number one mistake that people make. If you sit there and expect people to come to you, They are not going to do that. The amount of touches you're going to get, just like real estate's a contact sport, financial advising is a contact sport, insurance is a contact sport. The more contacts you can make, the more opportunity presents itself, the more opportunity presents itself, the more opportunity you're going to have to close. You in your booth, everybody that comes by, 
you need to try to pull into your booth. How do you pull them in? So what do you say? the best way I pull them in is I look at their name tag, see their name and actually call out their personal name. Yep. Because when they're walking to an exhibit hall and, and I see Ariel, now this won't work for people who don't have good vision. Luckily I have good vision. <laughs> but when I see Ariel and I go, hey, Ariel, she goes, wait, how do I know you? The funniest thing when we, I mentioned the Keller Williams Family Reunion Conference, we were having people. It was hilarious. We would be like, hey, Ariel. And they would act like they knew us. Oh, yeah. There's you? Like, oh, yeah, it's you. I remember. And they and, do the exact same thing with the name tag. Yeah. They go, oh, hey, Luke, yeah, what's up? And right. they're like, wait a minute. But and you, you have just enough time to be able to get their attention and you're right into the pit. Exactly. So you pull them in. That's one way. The other thing is that I would tell you is when you call them out, expect them to push you off. A lot of people will put you off and the amount of deals that I've closed at the conference floor because I know they're going to push me off, but then I naturally go, basically my one-liner that I always use to hook people in, this will be the best 30-second elevator pitch you've ever heard. Because my context, just so everybody knows, is a bunch of salespeople. If I go to a real estate conference, it's all a bunch of salespeople, mm -hmm. right? If I go to insurance conference, all so they're going to have an appreciation for, well, let me hear your best 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah. And if someone says to me, oh, no, I don't have 30 seconds, 15 let me just take you up the elevator. Here's what we do. And then I'll go right in. I don't pause. I go right in because you're going to get that smile from them. And then we're lucky, right? Because we have a tangible product. Yep. So I will literally, people might walk past the booth. I will literally follow them away. Now, you, caveat here is you got to be respectful to the other booths beside you. So you need a, based upon your floor layout, don't go stealing other people's Yeah, prospects. draw that invisible boundary yep. out around your booth. Stay, but get in front of your but table. Get in front, in front, of, front of, your table. of your table. Don't be afraid to call people out that walk past you, right? Yep. And, and bring them back in. Give them their your 15 seconds. Give it with as much passion as you can because they will have an appreciation for the hustle mm -hmm. that you're laying out. We then have a tangible product, which is amazing because we're able to, when I get my pitch, Hey, I want you to think about generating referrals. How do you keep in touch with your clients? We produce for you your own branded magazine. That's right. We're going to make it. We're going to put it all together to, for you. Send it to your clients as a gift. Let me show you. And I, but even if you don't I grab it, even if you do not have a tangible product, create a tangible item that speaks to your product because that you can pull people and once give. someone can touch it once they get that tactile feeling they're starting to look at it that's building confidence within themselves that okay now i have the information mm -hmm. now the only job that you have is to convince me to take the next step and you never know never know who's walking by your booth yeah. and the opportunity it will present i'll give you two examples so at the eight percent where we just came from i literally this guy walks by my booth um with his i guess i think it was his wife um, but I'm not positive. Definitely his agent, but I think his agent's also his wife. I pull him in. I go, hey, hey, can I just give you our 30 seconds? Like he was kind of pushing, but hey, can I give you 30 seconds? I end up pitching him halfway through my pitch. I realize it's Tim Grover. And I go, oh my gosh, it's Tim Grover. Now, for those who are listening that don't know who Tim Grover is, he's the coach of Michael Jordan. He coached uh, Kobe. Kobe Bryant, yep. Dwayne Wade. He wrote a book called Relentless. I mean, super popular. I think he has like 250,000 plus followers on Instagram, mm -hmm. speaks all over. So I actually got a little nervous halfway through. I was halfway like, oh my through. gosh, this is freaking Tim Grover. I need to get him on state paid. So I ended up pitching him. He appreciated the pitch, right? It's not totally for his business, but then I ended up going, hey, I want you on the show. And he goes, yeah, absolutely reach out. And yeah. that his wife, I guess, was his agent. Uh, so hopefully now we'll, we're going to have Tim Grover on the pitch. That was from me being willing to pitch a guy that was walking by. This was near the end of the day after everybody almost had left and I still pitched him. Second story I'll give you is I end up pitching, trying to pitch this guy that's walking by our booth. He ends up, this was at NAR. 
right? So National Association of Realtors, he ends up walking by, and this is just to, to tell you guys about perseverance and keeping going. He walks by, he kind of leans back and goes, no, 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 no. And I go, no, just, just let me give you my 30 second elevator pitch, right? And he basically goes, okay, walk with me. So I walked with them, pitching him around the corner. We stop when we get around the corner of the booth and he goes, okay, okay, I like this. We walk back to the table I hand him, I go, here's a sample. He goes, I don't need a sample, but hey, I run all of the vendor program at Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get you guys as an approved vendor. Call me when you get back to the office. Here was the guy, his name was Tom, that runs all the vendor oh, stuff. I remember this one. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. All the vendor stuff. But because I was willing yeah, I to, to call this guy out that's walking fast by the table in a suit, he basically leans back and kind of blows me off a little bit, not rudely, but I go, no, 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 let me give you my 30 seconds. He goes, okay, fine, walk with me. We walk around the corner and that ends up getting us our approved vendor relations with Keller Williams. Yeah. No, Crazy. it's incredible. I mean, the uh, the willingness and the, I guess, the ambition to to bring people in at the end of an aisle is going to be the difference between conference success and walking away and feeling like, ah, I didn't get anything. I didn't get any return out of that. Have that a promotion also at the event. Yeah. You need an urgency at the event. Ours is we have a $300 set of fee. We waive it. Waive it. At the event. And we're going to still put down money and honor that, right? We're going to talk about post-conference follow-up and stuff, but make sure that you honor that. If someone doesn't take advantage of that at your booth and then they want to try and get it later, I would hold firm and make sure that you're honoring that because that builds a lot because you're going to be going back to some of these events Mm -hmm. and people are going to start to create some level of mistrust if you're not honoring that, like you're saying. Real quick, sorry to interrupt. Same kind of idea with the promotion, but with your current clients because we have gotten so many referrals because people come to the booth because we've let them know, hey, we're coming. You guys should come and check us out. People will then come if we have a re- referral initiative for them. So, yeah. so we good. always say like, hey, if you bring someone to the booth, we'll give you 15 free magazines. Yeah. And we've gotten so many That's people to sign point. up just great because point. of that. We also do when we're at the conference, if you have someone that was on the fence, wouldn't say yes. And they say they're going to come back. Chances are they won't come back. Right. Most won't come back because they they just they get never busy. come back, get their card, try to get their cell phone and ask them if you can text them. And then the last day of the event, text those people that day, follow up with them. We have brought a lot of people back that way. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be one of the other tips during the conference is to make sure that you are collecting leads. You are collecting business cards. Uh, we use a program called cam card. So if you're looking for or an idea there, it actually lets you take a picture of the business card and it kind of, it's got like an OCR, like an optical character recognition where it'll bring Break it down, and so you don't have to type all those cards out. The texting was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Our sales uh, team would uh, that night would bring out their business cards and text anyone. Hey, hope to see you tomorrow because everyone's yep. at an event. Everyone's at the conference. Everyone's up Anything and doing to things. Stand out. Uh, make sure you're uh, scanning badges if that's an option for you. And then taking detailed notes. So whenever you are collecting those business cards, write on the back who that person was, what the conversation was. If you can reference that in your follow-up, uh, that goes a huge way with the people that you spoke to where they feel like, okay, they remember that's me. Great point. They were listening to what I said. I'm not just another number uh, at the conference. Um, the other thing to do is to walk the expo floor. So this not only lets you talk to other vendors and build relationships, which we've built a lot of great relationships with vendors that were we're doing business with today yeah, we have. that we've met at expos. Also, look through the eyes of a consumer when you're walking the floor. What types of booths stand out to you? What types of colors? What kind of messaging? And then use that to improve your own booth experience to draw people in. And then the last thing I'll say during the conference is make sure just like your website and your landing pages, you have one call to action. Don't give people too many options at the conference. If your goal is to get them to sign up right there, make sure you have 
the ability to sign them up easily with with little friction because it's going to be busy. You're going to be bringing people in a lot. If you're just collecting leads or you're just booking demos, maybe make sure you have that process nailed down so it's super frictionless and and you're only asking people to generally do one thing. If they're not going to sign up with you, that's okay. Get their card, follow up with them later and try and get that call to action on the post-conference. So the post-conference really... This is where I think a lot of people fall down in terms of they leave the conference. They don't really do anything with uh, the people that they've met, the leads that they've collected. If you have your leads, make sure you're sending an email out to all of them. If you have a post-conference list that you've purchased from from the event, make sure that you're emailing them. Like I said, make sure that you are honoring your special, but offer an alternative. So come up with an alternative deal that you can give people after the conference that's, you know, equal or a little lesser value. That's still a really good deal for people who needed that little bit of extra time to think about it. And then the last thing, or not the last thing, but the the other thing I mentioned a little bit is make sure that you're reviewing and you're assessing everything. You're looking at your conversion rates, what worked, what didn't talk to others, get feedback from the team. When I talk about conversion rates, we've got it down to the point where we're 10% conversion. If we talk to a hundred people, we'll sign up 10 of them. So we then know how many people are going to be at that conference. How many days will we be there? How long are the expo floor to figure out, okay, we think based on the fact that we're sending two or three people, we can talk to this many people. We should end up with this many deals. Uh, Speed in the follow-up matters Mm. um, because there's so many vendors. What is everybody doing? Everybody's following up afterwards and there's only so much of the wallet share that's available. And so we have run into, especially earlier on in our conference days, where we would call somebody and they, oh, I decided to spend my money here, but I really loved you guys. I want to keep you in mind. We lost that opportunity just because we weren't first in the door. So speed matters. Don't realize they're going to be bombarded, right? So realize that, and you can use that in your pitch and your follow-up and stuff, but still the reason why you want to get them on the phone first, because you want to get capture that wallet share. Last thing is to make sure you're thanking the showrunner or the person Mm. who, the coordinator of the of the event. Uh, this is so important from the standpoint of I know you're look like we look at it like, hey, we're gonna spend ten thousand dollars to go to this conference. Like you you don't need to thank the company that you paid ten thousand dollars for. These showrunners, these event coordinators work insanely hard. And if you are showing your appreciation and building a relationship with them by connecting with them on social media or following up with them, they are the ones that are in the know in these yep. organizations. They know when the next opportunity comes up. They're the ones that can get you the good booth placement. So make sure that not only you're thanking them because it's the right thing to do, but it also opens up opportunities Love that. going forward. Um, if you want to think about like return on investment, I, I don't want to, I don't know if you want to share, if you want me to yeah. share like the real numbers, I but care. I did pull our return on investment in conferences yeah, over the last care. two That's years. Good. And it's a 5.25 X return on investment from what we've spent to what we've made on conferences. So if you're thinking about, is this worth it? The first few conferences we went to, um, it was nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking. <laughs> we weren't sure after sticking with it and tracking all of those numbers, we're able to find out we've had 1400, over 1400 sales yep. from conferences, 940 of those coming at the conference, 400 are coming during the follow-up, 143 are coming through online. That's 228 expo days That's crazy. that we've spent. So four sales a day on average, just at the conference alone. So 
there's a little bit of insight into the return on investment from conferences. All right, I know that one went a little bit long, but this is a this is a passion of ours. It's yeah. a re it's a re passion of ours because it's come back. Fast. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can head over to statepaypodcast.com for the show notes and video of this episode. Make sure if you're checking out this video and you signed up with us, you join Reminder Media at one of the conferences. You comment on that video to let us know. We really appreciate you doing that. If uh, you like this episode and want to support the show, there's two ways we ask you to do it. The first is to head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review along with a comment about how we're doing and the best way to help out the show is to tell a friend and share this on your social media. Luke, did you hear about the guy who invented the knock-knock joke? Have you heard about it? Did you hear what happened to this guy? No. He won the Nobel Prize. What's the Nobel Prize? Oh he, my gosh, that's brilliant. Yeah, because he didn't, he, he doesn't knocked. use the bell, he knocks. <laughs> so he won the Nobel Prize. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Arielle revealed before the show, she's like, you know, sometimes during the show, I, I give your knock your dad jokes and eh, but when I listen back to them, I find them to be hilarious. They're yeah, kind of like a fine wine. The they get better compliment. with age. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com or find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. Here's your action item for this is see if you can attend like a trade show. Is there an opportunity for you and your business to go to a trade show and apply some of these principles? We had a great podcast and I'm slipping my name who was the agent, but they went to home expos. Yes. Uh, maybe Ariel, you can find that and put that in the show notes. <laughs> I want to say it was Lisa Harris. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa, Harris. Lisa Harris. That's who it was. But she attended. So if you're thinking, man, I'm a real estate agent. There's no trade shows for me. Or I'm a financial advisor. There's no trade shows. No, like you have seminars you can go to. There's trade home expos. There's a ton of opportunity out there. But the key there is applying these principles. If you go listen to Lisa Harris's uh, podcast, you're going to see she applies so many of these type of principles that we just talked about. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 